repeating him. We are repeating him. We are believing him. It's time for us to shift our mind from best in the world to best for the world. Make decisions intentional. To take decisions intentional. Making decisions intentional. Welcome to FIDE, the foundation for inter uh, for the foundation for intentional decisions. Sorry, we had a little bit uh, technical issues here, uh, which is why I think in this moment it's a good reminder to remind ourselves what FIDE actually means in Latin, and it means to trust, and to trust that we will make good decisions, beneficial decisions for us. And this is why we have now solved these technical issues and I can welcome Stella Nordal in the studio. My name is Jens Rinnelt. Welcome to FIDE. Thank you very much, Jens. Um, yes, uh, um, and I mean, everything that happens from outside is something uh, you probably will experience in a day-to-day -day life, but you also experience your so-called inner life, uh, maybe that is how we experience things. And that is actually the, the foundation for this talk we're going to have. Um, at some point in history, we divided up reality into an outer world and an inner world. And um, was that a good decision to do? That's a good question, of course. At the point when this was made, it was 300 years ago, approximately, by René Descartes. Uh, stipulating that there was an outer world which we could measure and an inner world that we couldn't measure. So what he did at that point was creating a duality. It's called the Descartesian duality. So um, we have lived with that duality in the Western world now for 300 years and, um, and maybe it has come to an end. I don't know. What do you say, Jens? Yeah, I heard the new paradigm quite often being mentioned in, in in the sessions that we already had today, in, in, in the conversations that we have. Um, I mean, we both work for, for a company that works from, for the shift from being best in the world to be best for the world. Um, we talk also a lot about the new paradigm and I think that is essentially for me what this new paradigm is about. The inner experiences and how the inner experiences also shape our experience of the, well, for lack of better word, outer world, um, and how we in that can also create the future mm. by making intentional decisions. Yeah, I agree on that. Uh, that is an interesting. Uh, I'm just coming back to to Descartes and, and uh, the this uh, dualism, uh, which was uh, more or less. Uh, created as, as, um, as he was thinking of what is reality and he wanted to get rid of everything that he, he couldn't hold for truth and, and uh, he didn't want to, to um, have any uncertainty. So the only thing he could be really certain of was himself uh, being conscious about uh, his consciousness or whatever we can call it. So that was when he said um, the famous, uh, I think, therefore I am. And by doing that, he created this dualism And at that point, I, I would say it was probably not an issue at all, uh, and uh, definitely not for Descartes, I guess. But, but then uh, later on, uh, we came to value what was called the outer world in this um, definition. And at the same time, we didn't value the inner world. 
um, because of it's not being efficient, of course. You can't measure that because that's what the definition itself says. And um, yeah, it, it led us to where we are, of course, And but we can always think of where could we have been. Uh, so let's think a little bit about what does this definition of inner and outer and measurable things, what does that lead to? What do you say, Jens? What is your experience of this? I mean, I think we, we see, if you look at starting on a societal level, uh, we can see that, that we are, like you said, very much driven by, by what we can measure, the objective things, the specific things that we can touch, see with our own eyes. And yeah, I mean, this has, has led us to, like you said, everything has a, has a good and, and, and a bad side. But I think now we are experiencing also a, a, sh a shift or like a tilt, like a tipping point where we are seeing the results of, of being driven solely on these, let's call it for a moment, outer outer world objectives um, mm. and I think we you know, right now see the collapse of our fragile systems and and uh, most of the people have a sense, a feeling of like this this can't work, this can't work forever, this is not the right way to go mm. but how do we express this feeling how do I express this experience in a world that is so much focused on outer um, yeah, objectives mm. And what I can really think of is, is, is it even possible to have something that is objective? That's an interesting thing in itself. But coming back to this definition of Descartes, um, the outer world is the, what we can measure and the inner world is what we can't measure. It's, um, it's a little bit odd, first of all, I, I would say, because um, if the outer world is stipulated by what we measure, then we can think of, okay, what do we then measure? At the same time, I yeah. think we can, we can, it's, you know, you can always ask different questions. So, for example, can we measure emotions? Is that something we can, yeah, for the lack of a better word, objectify and, and, and put in a category? And, and um, But if we talk, for example, about well-being, we can always ask, like, how do you feel? Uh how do you feel on a on a from an uh, how do you say this uh, experiential perspective? Uh, do you have meaning in your life? So all these are ways of actually measuring well-being, personal well-being, emotional states, and so this is also something interesting to to observe mm. that that we are diving into mm. the inner experiences, so to say, of people and. Mm -hmm. trying to measure those yeah the, and and that's uh, that seems that this definition of, of Descartes he, he wanted to have something that it was was very sharp uh, it, it was more or less either this or that uh, it shouldn't be intervening with each other because the definition needed to be exact and what you're talking about now is that maybe it's drifting can we measure thoughts can we measure feelings mm -hmm. and so on and um, that's one way to, to look at it. Um, for me, uh, as I've been studying maths for very long, I, I have objectives with this definition of, of Descartes. Uh, and uh, the objectives I have is that, first of all, um, if the definition is the outer world is what we can measure, and the only thing we measure is the outer world, that makes the definition itself um, not valid. And it's not like it's drifting as we were talking about the... Um, the result of, of what I just said is that it's not valid. It's like uh, saying something as, uh, uh, this is known, for instance, within the math, math, maths uh, called uh, uh, sets. Uh, when you have a set of something, you can't define a set with the set itself. Uh, it's very, yeah, it's not valid mathematically. And and um, maybe this is what have happened. Uh, we have used... A, um, Actually, it's an it's an in, if if there is something called inner, then it's an inner subjective thought from from uh, from Descartes, uh, which is mistaken as being an outer objective truth. 
and uh, which is quite funny when you start think of it, uh, because then it's um, then it's a mistake that we have been built the whole society upon. That's that's uh, really crazy, actually. And um, and 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 for me, it's also if this is if this um, um, of course it made sense at the point uh, for three hundred years ago. It was uh, very. Uh, crucial to make this uh, distinction because the you wanted they wanted to leave the dark period which was called the medieval times uh, for instance that's uh, something we have put on on the the medieval times after one after the medieval times it's not like they defined themselves as being medieval i guess uh, so uh, they they wanted to leave the the myths uh, and everything that was uh, not certain and uh, it resulted in this Dickensian dualism, which we take as a truth. We, um, what what you can't measure you, um, doesn't exist. The whole scientific uh, worldview is more or less based upon it. Yeah, and it's like I have always the image in in my mind based on these beliefs is like everything that is outside of my skin is the outer world, and everything that. And the, my skin is basically the the separation to my inner world, but as you say, these are based on 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 actually in incongruent uh, ways of defining outer and inner world. Mm. So, what would really happen if you take away this? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say the barrier, but. How how can we look at it maybe from a holistic perspective where yeah. both parts are really one? Mm. Um, by saying inner and outer, it, it also um, stipulates that there is a spatial difference between me and the rest of the world. So I'm actually not a part of, of the of the world more or less when I separate myself uh, from it, and um, uh, that. That could be one of the reasons to why we have those uh, called uh, so-called environmental issues or environmental crisis or uh, whatever we, we call it, uh, because the in 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 the separation, the environment is something separate from from me or from us as humanity, and it has to be the planet has to be saved. Um, but as long as we keep this separation. Um, we are not part of the environment, which is quite odd because uh, there has to be someone experiencing a, an environment to to even make sense of the the word environment. It has to be like uh, someone experiencing the environment and then also being part of it, of course. Yeah, it's a, a very simple maybe example that I have is like when I see people on the street uh, smoking and and throwing their cigarette uh, ends. In, on, onto the street or into the land uh, nature side I always feel like so much how can I say like I feel like as if I'm hurt myself because I, I don't see myself connected from, from nature and uh, so I'm, I'm always wondering how can you do this because in, in that moment you're basically hurting yourself because uh yeah, you're hurting the environment, but mm. as you are part of the environment, you're also hurting yourself. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. And, and earlier today, um, we had in this uh, studio uh, another setup here, which was called uh, the Yellow Th uh, Shares of Thingia. Uh, and uh, in that session or in that uh, program, the, um, the host, Janet Andersson, and, and her guest, uh, Colema, they, they were sitting and, and um, putting their feet into the soil and... At some point, the, the, there were questions in the soil. I don't know who I put them there, but it was interesting. And, and it was the Earth, Mother Earth herself, um, talking to, to, to Janet and, and, um, and Emma. And one of the questions was, why are you polluting me? Why are you polluting me? Um, and the thing is that when you say that, it means I. Exactly. I'm I'm actually hurting myself, and and which probably leads to the assumption that that I'm not whole, that I have some unresolved issues. That otherwise, why would I hurt myself? Um, and I think what what we also touched upon is this separation 
not only from me to my environment, but also basically in that objectifying the environment, objectifying everything around me, it basically robs every entity a consciousness in itself. So we don't perceive, uh, I don't know, a chair as as something that has a consciousness because it is an object that is is basically not living. Mm. Uh, yeah, and what you're talking about here is uh, something interesting, and uh, that is consciousness. And uh, we don't know much about it, actually, even if it's uh, the thing we need every day to to maneuver and to create stuff. And and uh, there is actually no good explanation to to um, what consciousness really is. And and it has been um, something that thinkers and philosophers and and uh, futurists and uh, um, physicists and, and cosmologists have been um, talking about for very very long so but there are some interesting things here that we could say about consciousness and that is as long again as long as we are separating the inner from the outer it's actually in opposition we have the physical world in opposition to the mental or the consciousness and the mental pole or whatever we call it and uh, that means that you can't have one with, uh, and at the same time have the other, uh, which is odd. And um, uh, from a scientific, uh, I'm a scientist myself from from start, from from that worldview or the intellectual paradigm, um, um, we we actually didn't focus much at all on on the conscious level or, or the that pole, and that's that's interesting in itself because. It's more or less the predominant thought in in the intellectual paradigm is materialism, which says it's that what what you see is what you exists, and it's an objective outer world again. Uh, that is what is existing, and and I'm just perceiving uh, it as a, a representation of of of, uh, of this outer objective world, measurable, of course, measurable, of course. Yeah, and and. It is like you said, you can't have both in, in that definition because on the one hand you have the metaphysical and on the other hand you have the, the, the physical. Mm. But if you choose to even find a space in between, you're at the same time saying I'm not fully doing one, mm. but I'm also not doing the other. So it's mm. like you're basically trying to come up with a definition that yeah. doesn't make sense on both sides. Right. Let's uh, let's draw something. We have a, um, uh, an empty, empty shot here, and I, I can draw something, and we can uh, try to, to make sense of that. Uh, the first thing I, I would like then to draw is a liner model. We can call it the inner and outer world, and uh, the two poles, the physical and the mental pole, and some states uh, uh, on that trip from A to B or whatever you call it. So um, uh, maybe you can comment a little bit uh, while I'm while I'm uh, drawing on, on the, the board. Uh, so um, uh, let's see if I can um, if I can draw this line from from mental to physical and, and see how it um, yeah how, how it sums up. Mm-hmm. I would like to to touch upon an in an additional point while while you're drawing this and this is uh, something you just mentioned before is there's also this notion in in especially the scientific world that I am as an observer are the objective observer so I'm not having any how can I say it, like influence in how I'm looking at the world. Um, and that's that's the scientific, I guess, belief is to find an measurable objective truth that, that is unquestionable. Um, that is also why I really much like that we are currently seeing more and more discussions about being biased, uh, but that we all have our own biases, that we always speak from our own interpretation and perspective. So in that sense, it kind of um, 
yeah reduces the objective mm. observer position. Yeah, definitely. Uh, makes them as a victim, more or less, for, for circumstances you can't really uh, create or you can't, uh, you can't um, change anything from, from that story. Uh, okay, so uh, what, what I draw ha- drawn, draw here was a, a mental pole to left and a, and a physical pole to the right. It's a liner model. And uh, there are some levels here. Uh, first of all, we have the belief level. It's quite close to mental, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so the belief beliefs are basically something that is totally metaphysical. Yeah, I would say metaphysical and, and um, um, close to the mental pole, I guess. Uh, the, the closer we come to, to the me- mental pole, uh, the harder it is to, to change the, the mental part of it. So that's the interesting thing in this liner model. Uh, next part, are, we can call them thoughts. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's um, in between the mental and the physical pole. And then we have... Um, behavior that's interesting right (laughs) yes that's almost physical so if if those three um, blocks there represent the yens hmm, uh, I'm going to use the red pen here to see what is happening here and and the beliefs they form our thoughts right so that's the something we can agree upon, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the thoughts they uh, they create our behavior. Hmm. And um, if this was yeah, and see, I, I'm 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 uh, drawing myself beneath and see how we interact them. So I wrote actions over there. We interact in the actions in the physical world. Mm-hmm. That's as close to the physical pole you can get, <laughs> almost. Um, and then, of course, it it's uh, it goes the other way around. Then the the behavior forms your thoughts, right? Yeah, I basically have an interpretation of my behavior. I form a thought, uh, and based upon that, I form beliefs yeah that's right so i add uh, the arrow in the other direction and i guess that's the classical belief uh, how can you say oscillation between mental and physical pole that we seem to always be going back and forth yeah Uh, this is um, this is the uh, the, pre- yeah, the dominant uh, worldview in in Western world on how we how we interact with people and how we are um, take an inner experience uh, and an outer uh, objective truth to connect them with this uh, very liner model. Um, a lot of people, I guess, they have uh, had experiences that don't fit into this model. That was actually a case in my life. I had uh, um, two year period where. Um, I um, had experiences that were, yeah, the, the biggest experience in my life, actually. My, my first daughter was being born. Uh, a year later, 14 months later, she died. And then another year later, my uh, son was born. So in this two-year period, I had a lot of, yeah, what can we call it? Uh, there, were, uh, there was a lot of friction. And, and at the same time, I... I I chose the uh, huge amount of openness, and when when you combine openness with uh, friction, you get a much learning, I guess. And and the interesting thing here was that the the biggest experiences I had in my life couldn't couldn't explain what I uh, 
uh, couldn't be explained to within the, the worldview I was taught. And I had actually studied this quite a lot. I, I mentioned before, I'm, I'm studying a lot of maths and physics and economics and so on. So I, I, I was in the, in the academia, academia for, for many years uh, uh, and got some grades there and everything and, and uh, some, um, yeah, you know them, the curriculum. And uh, it actually didn't only tell me it wasn't like okay, Stellan, you have experienced something. It's a, a white spot on the on the map. Uh, go there and uh, report home. Uh, it was more or less. This isn't true, and and then I, I was faced with a uh, with two options. Either what I've been taught, we can call it the map, the worldview I've been taught, or the experiences I had. Uh, which I couldn't say. I mean, they were as real as they could ever be, and and then I I realized that okay, I, I must choose. I must choose either the the worldview, or my experiences that I couldn't hold, uh, but anything as as being real, the reality as I I, I experienced this, and that meant that this model here wasn't fit. Can you give us uh, an example of what exactly the yeah. friction was? I mean, I the, fr understand. the friction. Yeah. Okay. So the friction was, of course, uh, uh, how can I say it? First of all, when, when when you become a parent, I would say, uh, for me at least, that was the uh, one of the biggest gifts I've ever been given, and it was also uh, one of the biggest tasks I've ever been given. Uh, from a leadership issue, for instance, it's uh, like the biggest leadership issue you probably will face, and it's a lifelong um, obligation, uh, even if life gets very short. And, and short is interesting because that's in, in an interpretation of, of a, a chrono chronological time. Um, but one thing is that my daughter, she's called Isa, uh, she lived her whole life. She really lived, and she was really alive. So um, I would say that the friction itself was uh, was actually between what I experienced and what I was what I was taught, the system that I have been uh, raised in, the yeah, the worldview I I was uh, trained in. So your beliefs or the the two poles didn't really come together for you anymore. Uh, the two poles weren't really two poles. <laughs> that was the interesting thing. So uh, uh, and uh, for instance, uh, today I, I I'm I'm I can't say how I I mean I I'm the interesting thing here is that I was trained in in in. Uh, in uh, drawing maps, we can call it like that, drawing maps, uh, putting things together and make sense out of it. So uh, the interesting thing with those maps was that the ones that I had been taught didn't work out well. Uh, they couldn't explain the experiences I had. For instance, uh, I'm totally certain on my own, my own truth is it doesn't start because of that you're born and it doesn't end because that you physically die. And that is something I, I hadn't thought of before those events. And um, it didn't fit into the, to this model, I, I say. And um, so I needed another uh, world uh, view. And, and, and the interesting thing, before, before we leave this um, liner model, uh, if we take Descartes' dualistic worldview and put that into uh, this um, liner model, uh, where do you say that the the inner and outer world are um, yeah separated we talked about a little bit earlier of course but i mean there's definitely a separation in 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 the interaction in the actions between two people um and uh, yeah yeah but what, what i'm looking for yeah, is in the in the in, in the, the in the model the horizontal um, liner model there there is like uh, an an um, what is measurable? We can start with what is measurable. Yeah, I would say as starting from what is most measurable in, in the common definition would be behavior. And then the thoughts, 
yeah, we can talk about it, but can we really measure it? So this is where I would draw the line. Exactly, this is where we see the separation. And and that is interesting because, as you mentioned before, now now we maybe can measure thoughts. Is it then just a matter of time until we can measure beliefs? Well, that's an interesting question. Okay, so so in in this in this setup, in this um, uh, liner model, we have an inner and an outer world, and it's separated by this uh, green line. Then, and well. Is this, a, a, I mean, is this an, uh, a true model that's interesting? A model is just a, a representation of something. It's something that we need to, to, uh, to easily talk about something. And uh, in this case, it's also the design criteria for the whole, uh, whole Western world. And if we only value what is here called the outer world, the behaviors and, and the actions, um, then we miss the inner world. We don't value that because it's not efficient. Hmm. I'm thinking of like models that would explain, for example, in evolution in beliefs, which is, for example, spiral dynamics, uh, Ken Wilber's work, um, developmentalism. Uh, there, there are a lot of models out there that try to explain these evolutions and in and, 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 and mm. beliefs and thought systems. However, putting ourselves into a very physical mm. uh, world, they are very looked at very critically, critically to, to put it yep. in a nice yep. way. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. <clears throat> I'm also uh, very interested in those models that you are talking about. So maybe we can uh, explore them in, in this program series during this weekend. And uh, before we... We, we should stay a little bit longer in, in this liner model because there are things happening in this uh, model. Um, of course, it's interesting to talk about the physical pole and the resistance in the physical pole. Uh, we, we, we call it uh, reality. <laughs> uh, but why is something more real than something else? Can, can you even... Uh, can you even say a real, more real, the real? Yes, I don't. I don't even know if it's like possible. So, uh, can we even talk about an inner reality and an outer reality? That's that's an interesting question here. And and um, also this definition itself, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, it's a circle definition in 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 my terms uh, that I use. Uh, because it says that the outer world is what we measure, and the only thing we measure is the outer world. So. We're st stepping around in the same, yeah. It's a non-valid uh, definition. Uh, so basically, uh, yeah. what you're saying is, in order to measure the outer world, we have created tools and measurements in the outer world to measure again the outer world, and that's yeah. a loop definition. Yeah, it's a loop definition uh, or a circle, a loop definition. I don't know what it's called, uh, and that's the the one thing. And and the other interesting thing here is that it also makes the so-called inner world or inner reality non-valid or mm. not useful or and and you can see this uh, in in many parts of, of society for instance we have in in the universities we have behavior behavior science there is no fantasy science and, and we talk very often talk about this uh, the senses but those are only the outer senses uh, for instance the taste the the um, um Feeling, the feeling, touching, uh, touching, and listening. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all of those are outer, outer senses. We have also inner. I mean, dreaming is is one, and uh, perception is another. Memory, um, feelings, a lot yeah. of senses that we have inside uh, in this in this model that we don't value because. We can't measure them. So, in 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 in, uh, in our uh, in being eager to measure, we, we forget what is maybe most important here. I'm just reminded of the program that we just had before, where where they talked about sustainable change can only come from if you are connected on an emotional level and if you have an emotional drive to change your behavior. So, in my interpretation. 
there is something that is on the inner world driving the behavior on the outer world. And in really to anchor the, the change in the outer world, you have to uh, yeah, anchor it in, in the inner world. So there is already a dynamic observable that we now speak of uh, in order to, to make really sustainable change. So it's not only behavioral change is enough. I, mm, I always no, say like no. it's it's going mm. on holidays. <laughs> it's like you, mm. you can for a while, you try different habits, you, you do to have a different lifestyle. Yeah, and, and maybe you really like it, but then you after two weeks, you come home and what happens? You switch back immediately to the old habits, to the old behaviors that you had before. Why? Because you haven't integrated uh, a new belief system mm. or you believe it was just for the two weeks vacation that I mm. can be myself now or mm. recharge or whatever it is. Mm, yeah, that's right. Um, I want to draw um, another definition if it's uh, okay because you know... Um, draw the, the, this uh, green line here uh, separating the inner and outer world uh, as uh, Descartes um, defined them. Uh, I have a, a suggestion for a, a, another definition of inner and outer. If we should even use those terms, uh, it could be of interest to have something that is not separating us maybe. Uh, so I, I'm going to try this out. Um, this is an idea I had uh, approximately two two years ago, I guess it was, and um, I presented it the first time at uh, something called the World Values Initiative um, Day called World Values Day. I was keynote speaker there and I uh, I tried to see the response of it. And um, so let's publish it to the world and see if, if you, anyone here likes this idea. Uh, and before we do that, uh, I, I would say it's... I mean, this is not truths. This is ideas, of course. But there are some some interesting ideas within this. Uh, what we're going to show now, that uh, I guess is very useful. So um, yeah, hang on. Yeah, and and as you said before, with friction, which is normally caused by bringing up new ideas and having an open mind, and and maybe also an open body, an open emotional system see how this responds how do you respond respond to that and then uh, you put it nicely the friction and the openness leads to a lot of learning so maybe we learn something new today i'm quite excited actually to to see what you're coming up with and and to to find a way of how your experiences uh, mm -hmm. are can be seen from a holistic perspective mm. and um yeah, the experiences i had were very um, huge and, and and also interesting of course and and um, one of them was very fundamental for me it was uh, late one night in a telephone call um, with a woman on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean um, and um, uh, I had uh, insight that that night in that telephone call which was the biggest insights in 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 my life and it was not I mean, there are so many ways to, 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 to look at an insight. It could be a, a aha <laughs> experience or a haha experience <laughs> or a wow experience. Uh, but this experience was like, whoom, directly into my solar plexus. I, I, I got struck by this insight. I got very angry. I, uh, I uh, really uh, uh, I took my fist in, in, in my pocket and I was really like, so mad that no one had told me this in my childhood or in school or anything and the insight was about the future because I had been told uh, up until that day that the future was something I should be prepared to face and at that very moment I realized that the future is something I create and that is actually it's a totally different worldview um, Maybe you don't believe that when I just say it like that, but yeah, we're going to explore this, I guess, this weekend together in this series, the feeder series. So um, let's get back to the to the uh, 
to the board for a while and uh, what I, I, I wrote there was the inner world. Could it be interesting to call the inner world the dynamic world? No. Mm. And, and uh, congruent with that or in, uh, yeah, the other part would then be uh, the outer world, the static world. Could that be of interest? So if something is dynamic, I mean possibilities and um, uh, stuff like that, and then uh, static is what is. Okay. Can it be both static and dynamic at the same time? No. Or? Either it's still or it's moving, right? Yeah. Okay. So if we use that definition, that in itself should be a very clear definition. Either or. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it can't be both. Inner and outer. Okay. Something like that. Either it's dynamic or it's static. Hmm? Then it could be more dynamic, of course, and, and even more dynamic, and extremely much dynamic. <laughs> uh, but when it's static, it's static. It's still. It doesn't move at all. Okay. Dead, maybe we can call it. I don't know. Okay, so does that, does that definition make any sense? It does to me, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of an example, for example. Hmm? <laughs> uh, an example, for example. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what I'm thinking of is innovation processes, uh, which usually start with, well, let's, let's call it a framing to avoid uh, the problem definition, but a clear understanding of what is the situation that we're talking about, and then you do a brainstorming session where you bring in a lot of ideas, a lot of dynamic ways of looking at how can we deal with this situation? Some are don't make sense at all, or maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe it's part of the process. But anyway, there are, what I'm trying to say, you create a lot of possible ways of approaching the situation. And then over time, you're narrowing it down through different principles, through different reflection processes, uh, and you basically come to, uh, I would say, condensed version of where you have a specific outcome out of all the potential uh, and infinitive opportunities mm. that you had explored before. Mm. Yeah, I, I do agree on, on, on that uh, elaboration you just did. Uh, so... If we then look at this uh, liner model for a while again, uh, where is the uh, where is this uh, in the liner model the the separation between the inner and outer world with this new definition? Where where can we put that? Wouldn't it be the same? Uh, we, let's t let's try let's try. Uh, can we have behavior that is dynamic or static? First of all. Oh, when you phrase it like this, it can be actually both. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Okay, next. Um, thoughts, can they be dynamic or static? I guess that's the example I just made. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then beliefs. Can we have static beliefs and can we choose new ones? I think that's what all the great philosophers are trying us to tell. It's like, look at the belief system and entertain a belief system, but don't take it as the truth and take it for granted. Okay, so I put it up again. So... What what you what we actually have experienced here together is that if we use this uh, uh, new type of uh, or this new definition of the inner and outer world, 
again saying that the inner world is a dynamic world and the outer world is a static world. It actually tells us that instead of dividing us uh, and separating us, even if in this, this, this is the interesting thing because this means that we can actually bridge this uh, liner model to something non-liner. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just redrawing an, a new green line just so that everyone sees where it is. Yeah, and, and what I'm thinking of now that, that you have said this is that uh, we can display so many different behaviors, but it is always, I guess, context-dependent on which behavior then we specifically choose to display. Uh, and in that way, the, the explanation you just gave makes sense for me because there are different options that we can choose in any situation but what we do is that we, in the end, choose probably one specific one. Mm. So um, I guess this is enough for this first uh, session we have on, on uh, elaborating on, on uh, uh, Fida's uh, thoughts. And um, what we have here is, again, um, something that is telling us maybe that there are other ways to look at the um, the world or the the complex system we call life or the complex system we call an organization, and when we look at this, it, it's uh, it's actually telling us that um, as long as we separate the physical and the mental pole into a liner uh, in a liner model, uh, we will have them in opposition to each other. Uh, but we just realized that there are other ways to define an inner and outer world. If we need that, of course, that's a, a question in itself, if we need that kind of a language. But if we're going to use such a language, maybe this is a um, a better way to put it because it doesn't say that only what is measurable is, is interesting. This says that the outer world is the static world and the inner world is the dynamic world. And that is something else than... than uh, than uh, measuring. So uh, I would be interested in what you, as a listener, what you, as the audience, are thinking of this. How do you respond to that? What are your thoughts, feelings, emotions, any kind of reactions, reflections on this? Let us know. Uh, you can comment uh, in the YouTube channel uh, under the video. Um, yeah just share and engage with the material yeah and um, uh, it would be very interesting to uh, to as you said uh, hear what what people say about this uh, these ideas um, and when we're not setting them in opposition to the existing or we can only almost call it or maybe we can call it the old paradigm but what we are saying is that it's time for a another way of looking at the world which is not liner which is not separating which is more congruent to us as persons and, and as uh, organizations and, and societies and what is also more alive and conscious that is probably what this series we will have i don't know how many programs we have during this weekend but we will elaborate on uh, different models we will hopefully dig into the tree model next time we we talk you and i and um, uh, the tree metaphor, which is a fantastic metaphor for which is non-linear. A tree tree is not a linear <laughs> model. So, anything else you want to add before we say um, thanks for for now and and uh, we'll be back and stuff like that. Well, I think you gave a good outlook. Um, I'm thinking of that we that things are evolving, that uh, we have had already different and programs that spoke about the evolution of belief systems. And when I'm looking at uh, the liner model that we have seen here is, in some way we started out from a, from a physical pole and then went to the mental pole. But this is kind of, it seems like this is where we are stuck in right now, be between swinging back and forth between those poles 
but every time we do it we maybe expand also in, into a more complex understanding of of whole of of how this how can i say it of how distant or, or how of what complexity the the connection between those poles if it they are two poles are made of mm. um, so this yeah. is uh, quite interesting to see and um, yeah mm. we're going to explore this uh, a little bit further yeah definitely and and uh, in and i suggest the next program we we talk about the tree metaphor and and what that can bring us in in understanding um other ways of of looking at the world so um but but i say um let's keep it for now and and uh, let's call it a a good talk here together uh it's been super interesting uh Jens, to to have you here uh together with me in this uh feed uh, dialogue and or maybe it's you having me in the or maybe it's us that's interesting we didn't know yet so uh, thank you also everyone for listening uh, i would say that uh, this whole weekend uh, is uh, brought to you by engage people uh, and if you want to co-create you can uh, go to uh, www.bestforthe.world and there are instructions there um, so keep in coming into contact with with us and you can be both a guest in a program and you can host a program and there's still some spots and you can also support us on, on Patreon. Uh, so go to patreon.com, uh, find best for the world and uh, every contribution is uh, important right now. So, uh, and we thank also, also for those who have already um, supported us on Patreon and uh, uh, we're so glad for that and um, hope to see you soon again, both in the YouTube channel and on the web radio best for the dot world. Thank you very much and uh, we keep in touch. We are creating the world we're now living in. We are competing in. Intentional, making decisions intentional.